No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. You you wanted to see us, boss? Yes, come in. Take a seat. It's uh it's been a while since we sat down and talked, hasn't it? It has, but that doesn't mean Big Podcast hasn't been paying attention to what you've been doing. Big Podcast? What what? Where the hell are we? You're sitting in the pocket of Big Podcast, Bartholomew. And Big Podcast doesn't think you've been holding up your end of the deal. The deal? What deal? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the deal all podcasters make. I'm talking about producing at least two episodes a month. I'm talking about producing content about movies someone else has actually watched. Yeah, I think you're bad talking gamma right now, and I don't- And I don't like seeing your feet on the timeline, Chuck. Charlie, or Charles. Chancy, every time you speak, I see your toes covered in some strange sauce, and I don't like it. Hey, back off, man. You're not really in any position to tell me to back off. When's the last time you made an episode? I, I was sick, dude. I had COVID. And did you have any sick days saved up? We sick day? We never had sick day. Do we have sick days? That sounds like a personal problem. Or should I say, a personnel problem. Uh, wh- what? You're all fired, Chip. What, what the, the fuck? Charlie. But don't you fret. The new talent is tremendous. What's his name? Uh, Brent... Uh, br- Brace, a uh, Bracken. Hey guys, my my roommate Bracken. Yes, he can tell you all about how it's going. Brent has a bright future at Big Podcast, and I know you've all been looking forward to this episode—a film you actually like. And it's episode fifty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well. You get the opportunity to train your replacement. Won't that be nice? Guys, I am really excited about the opportunity to work with you. Big, big fan. And Chaz, for what it's worth, I don't think the feet pictures were bad. You're already skidding on thin ice, Brent. Now, get to work. 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 What is your favorite thing to do while tripping? So my situation is weird because I've hardly ever done psychedelics and gone outside for longer than like a trip to the store to grab a soda. Like I've almost always done psychedelics in apartments in urban setting. Okay. Um, So, but it's listen to music. It's just like listen to music and chill out because... I've basically never seen a tree on psychedelics. Damn. All right. That's a good one. Bracken, Charles. You say you've never seen a tree on psychedelics? I mean, like, that's sort of an exaggeration of... 
of what's actually happened. But like I've seen a tree, you know, between a city street and an apartment building, but I've never wow. like gone to a field or like a forest. Damn. Um, I I've tripped in nature and it it was very beautiful and pleasant, like hanging out in like the root structure of like a giant water cypress. But my answer is the same as yours, Barto. Like I want to listen to music, and even when I was outside enjoying nature, I still had headphones in. Like that's by far my favorite thing to do. That sounds pretty tops. It was nice. Sounds yeah, ideal. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's kind of a couple different answers. Like, nowadays, I just want to... I mean, the first time I watched this movie, I took, like, half a tab of acid or something and just had, like, a mellow trip where I didn't lose, uh, you know, um, grasp on reality. But I was still getting tons of pleasant and fun effects while watching this movie, listening to music. Um, I think I watched The Cat, which is a crazy... Um, Hong Kong movie. Uh, nowadays, that's the primo. Um, but I mean, my favorite trip ever was like, as with people going to a house we had for the weekend in like Santa Barbara, and I was the only person tripping. But we were like going through the woods at night and then driving around and then back to their house, which everyone else went to sleep and I was just exploring the house by myself with the headphones. And I don't know, that was like the most amazing trip by far. Hell that yeah. was also like a time where I was like really, really depressed, um, over something. And that night just completely, it was, that's like when people talk about how they can be therapeutic, it was just complete therapy Hell for me, that yeah. broke me out of that. So like, Fuck yeah. you know, it depends on age and experience of what the, ideal trip is but yeah nowadays totally. i'm more along with the headphones and setting i i'm gonna nice. add one thing to my answer is occasionally i like to get really scared i like to like <laughs> put on music that or, or like watch i watch some music videos that are like spooky or i listen to like really intense music but like i'm in my home i'm safe you know and i usually like laugh about how frightened I am of this song <laughs> playing from my speakers. Uh, That's really sweet. That rules. Hell yeah. Can you think of like, I'm just curious, like when you're talking about a song that you scared yourself to while tripping, like what is that song? Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Thriller. Yeah. Um, uh, corn. No. Um, I listen Thomas. to, I'll listen to, like harsh noise sometimes or you know it's not really scary but like the i'm sure tons you know some of our listeners have heard watch the music video for bleed by mashuga um which is corny it's very corny the song fucking goes but throw that shit on in a dark room while you're high as balls and uh you're going to get pretty spooked, too. It, it slaps. These are all great answers. Uh, my personal favorite thing to do while tripping is to, like, really dwell on the sludge in Tokyo Bay and think about the fact that industrial capitalism is destroying the planet and everything and everyone I love will probably die pretty soon. Well, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. 
I'm Rabbit. I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And today we have with us uh, my roommate, Bracken, who is a big fan of the show and who we thought would be great to have on for this episode because sometimes we do drugs together and uh, Bracken has a history of doing some direct action for the environment and this movie's about drugs and the environment. So uh, Bracken, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Thank you. And today... We're talking about 1971's Godzilla vs. Hedorah. Uh, Charlie, would you do us the honor of letting us know what this movie is about? 1971. Like all industrialized nations, Japan is shitting pollution left and right, losing it up and destroying the planet. Sad. A young boy in California who goes by the name of Rabbit sees a story on the news about Japan's pollution troubles. Luckily, young rabbit has one finger left on the monkey paw he bought at a mysterious pawn shop. He grabs the paw and with his sweet, innocent heart makes a wish. He wishes for an end to Japan's pollution woes. He will soon come to realize that his wish created a pollution-eating monster with drastic consequences for mankind. He sighs, gives himself a sad smile. Yes, it's horrible, and yes, it may all be his fault. But it's probably worth it for the coolest fuck movie that will be made about it and that he'll be able to podcast about someday. <clears throat> Papa is a scientist that local fishermen take their weird fish to. One day, a fisherman <laughs> finds a sludge tadpole and takes it to Papa because that shit is most definitely weird and most definitely needs to be scienced out immediately. Papa goes out to science in the ocean where the tadpole is found and him and his son, Ken, tangle with some monster. Ken even knifes the dude. They both emerge with battle scars, Papa a dissolved face, Ken a bandaged hand. Turns out that this is all from that same tadpole shit. It's a fucking space monster who's come to Earth and decided to take massive bong hits in our industrial centers while having fishbone orgies in our beloved sludge oceans and chopping boats in half. There's even one point where this dude, henceforth named Hedora, takes a minute-long bong hit from a smokestack. Of course, having lived with Rabbit, I'm used, to I'm used to disgusting giant monsters taking non-stop bong hits of smoke. In fact, a minute is wheat sauce in comparison to what my scarred eyes have seen. Unfortunately, Hedera doesn't just consume and then get rid of the pollution. He then barbs and farts humanity to death, to skeletons, while being an animal lover who just gets cats a little dirty. Lucky to humanity, all is not over, as it would have been a real shame if Hedera killed us all and this movie was never able to be made. See? Godzilla shares planet Earth with us, so he isn't going to take this shit. Why he has taken and continues to take it from humans is a sad question I refuse to grapple with. So Godzilla and Hedera battle, and oh boy do they battle hard. And Papa helps out with some electro device while the military loses and fucks up left and right. But it ain't all a bad trip, dude, as Goji ends up tearing that smog monster to pieces. Yeah, baby. This shit rules. Like I wrote in a poem in elementary school, atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs, and radioactive fallout falls into the sea. Poison gas, man's garbage, everything into the sea, thrown by you and me. Godzilla would rage if he could see. He'd turn the page and clean it for you and me. 1971, year that we'll all collectively, collectively agree only had one environmentally focused kaiju movie come out. 
it's Godzilla versus Hedera, baby. Um, alright, well, uh... <laughs> What are y'all's general thoughts about this movie? Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's so good. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Like I said, the first time I watched it, it was, uh, I think, last October. It was literally the uh, morning of uh, the premiere of Dune um, because I was staying up really late on acid watching this and another movie. And then uh, I had dinner reservations, which I ended up um, with a lady friend of mine, which we ended up missing because... I slept in too late, uh, um, and then we went to go see Dune, and she was mad about missing dinner reservations. Um, so, I blame that on uh, this movie, but it's okay, because this movie rules, and it can push me around like that if it wants to. <laughs> and it was a great movie to first see while on acid. Yeah, good call. Yeah, and it, it lives up even when you're not on acid. It's it's It's... Such a visually inventive, nonstop, fun ride. You kind of get why lots of Godzilla fans don't like it, because it's so different from every other Godzilla movie. But on the other hand, that's also kind of what makes it so great. It's such a unique, special piece of filmmaking that's just, um, in my opinion, nonstop entertaining in every way. I mean, it's the only Godzilla movie, really, that I could imagine watching more than once a year. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much yeah. the only Godzilla movie I could imagine. I mean, there's a ton that I could watch more than once a year. I watch the like MonsterVerse ones all the time. But like, I get what you're saying. Where if you're a certain kind of viewer, like this is it's it's its own thing. It's a whole different fucking beast. Yeah. To be fair, every time we do an episode, I watch them two or three times. No, so no one's asking you to do that. <laughs> Charlie, you must watch it more times. <laughs> I mean, literally, you guys have told me before, like. Charlie, if you haven't watched it a third time, then we're just going to have to push the recording back. <laughs> That's true. true. We have actually told you that. That's true. <laughs> um, Bracken, I feel like this was one of the earlier Godzilla movies for you in your in your echelon. What do you think of the film? Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I think it's visionary. I kept saying that when we watched it the other <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, it's, it's super fun. It's really interesting. Um, it's bizarre uh confusing but yeah it's just it's just super fun and the other ones that you've shown me are like before you started the podcast i was fairly unfamiliar with godzilla but when you forced me to sit down and watch that one i was i was very grateful i actually i have a very beautiful poster for the movie that rabbit gave me that's on my wall that i love oh yeah hell yeah i think it's my favorite oh yeah your favorite yeah. Godzilla you've seen? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a movie that just feels like one of those movies that you're like, so it's insane that this movie got made and it'll never be made again. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. It's so, isn't this the only movie that the director made? Yeah. They, he had other ideas and they were like, you're never working on another Godzilla project for as long as you live. I guess. So from um, the book, a critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series by David Collette. He mentions that uh, the director Yoshimitsu Bano, um, before this, he was a he had been working as a uh, assistant director to Akira Kurosawa on Whoa. Throne of Blood, The Bad Sleep, The Bad Bad Sleep Well, Hidden Fortress, and Lower Deaths. Um, Holy shit! It's like 
surprising <laughs> that this is just like his only go at directing. Like he's that's a... you know, like Throne of Blood, Godzilla <laughs> vs. Hedora, super I mean, normal, and like fucking assistant director. Like that's yeah, not small. <laughs> Um, especially in japan i feel like assistant directors filmed a lot of stuff by themselves like while the director did other scenes yeah yeah wild what a shame we were robbed like yeah i definitely because this is definitely a unique vision it feels like incredibly i don't know how to put this like this is it's kind of you know bookended by a lot of godzilla films that feel kind of like rushed and cheap and like mm-hmm. hurried and stuff and this one feels like thoughtful all throughout like the sets are incredibly thoughtful there's cool little things in the background like so much love was put into this movie and i mean i personally think at like the 55 minute mark it starts to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. and the end of it isn't as good as the first two-thirds mm-hmm. but generally it's just night and day compared to all the other Godzilla movies around it where they felt like cash grabs. This feels like somebody like was like, I'm going to make a totally fully unique fucking vision. And it's, it's amazing. But it doesn't like feel not like part of the Godzilla canon at all. Like it doesn't, it, it totally like it, it checks all the boxes. It needs to be a Godzilla movie in, in this era. Yeah, it's like even more Godzilla-y than like Astro Monster. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's the same format, but just way trippier. And it's not, it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, part of the reason I'm saying this is because me and like the last time me and Bracken watched it, we were really fucking high on ketamine and like doing nitrous. And I was like, I was going totally different places with it that it probably have nothing to do with the movie. But a lot of this movie to me feels like it's about like all life, like about existence. Like you go from microscopic organisms to fucking galaxies, and it feels like they connect all of it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I wanted to bring up in that book I just mentioned. So Takashi Kimura wrote the original script, and so here's a quote from this book: Bono, the director, was not from you two. Bono was frustrated that Takashi Kimura still refusing to use his real name on his work, had slapped together a less-than-inspiring screenplay. You're not really getting sincere about this, Bono berated Kimura. You're not working hard to make this thing work. So Bono rewrote the script himself. Uh, there you go. So, yeah, I think that kind of points to maybe he definitely probably had a lot of um, personal artistic uh, heart in this that he wanted to realize. In addition to that, you're talking about how it feels more of a Godzilla movie than uh, some other movies. And I think um, this book brings up how uh, it's kind of like the only one that's really tackled with a major issue, like the original Godzilla, in such a way where it's just like out front, this is what this movie is about, this horrible thing that uh, humanity needs to do something about. I mean, hold up. All Monsters Attack tackles bullying. (laughs) That's true. true. Just saying. <laughs> Good point. It's not just mentioning a uh, a big thing. It's like the whole thing is about that, like yeah. the original. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Um, and then there's also a parallel in the scene where um, Papa, his I don't know his name, so I'm just going to keep calling him Papa. Uh, <laughs> I love that. His head is bandaged, and he's in his laboratory with, with uh, the fishes. fish tanks. With the fucking fishes. And then he fishes. does like an experiment. Um, 
I think his experiment kills the tadpole, and then later you see the fishes die from Hedera's, like, sludge uh, stuff. But that's, like, a direct parallel to uh, Sarazawa and the first Godzilla and his laboratory with the dead fish. Hell yeah. Is that why you were yelling the fishes, Bartos? Because you, yeah. you noticed that? Yeah, it was so cool. Um, yeah. It's such a good... I noticed the fishes before... Um, in previous watches, but I never thought about how they both died from the stuff going in the tank. I just noticed, like, oh, the fish oh. tank gets an aesthetic and the bandage. Yeah, and it's a scientist with his face all bandaged up. Uh, yeah, just, they were, true. Uh, but Holy like, shit. but they make well, and we'll talk about this. But they come to like a weird conclusion about nuclear power at the end, but it's like kind of a different one than Godzilla makes. I think. True. Totally. I don't even know what that is. Um, I I want to do a short aside that we should have done earlier. I just, you kind of went over it um, uh, a minute ago, but I was just wondering, Bracken, like, do you have a history with Godzilla or Kaiju? You're saying this is one of the first ones you've seen. Uh, Any kind of history as a child in any way, though, or anything like that? Um, I mean, the, the, what's the one with Matthew Broderick? Yeah, yeah ninety eight. Definitely seen that one. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that I had seen the original before, but mm-hmm. they weren't exactly like movies that I was seeking out or thinking that much about. And then when uh, Rabbit started this podcast with you, Charlie, he made me watch Shin Godzilla, and it like clicked he really hard. A lot of things. Well, yeah, <laughs> we lived together, you know. <laughs> and and know. Shin Godzilla is incredible. I loved watching that too. Yeah. Um, the most beautiful fascist film I've ever seen. <laughs> You're quoting somebody, right? No. I really do think that that's... You think it's fascist? Oh, yeah. It's We'll get into it, but it's sadly a little... It's at least nationalist, yeah. for sure. Well, I think straight up fascist film. <laughs> but the special <laughs> effects in like, the Godzilla parts, where Godzilla is just destroying the cities, incredible. Oh, so much beautiful. fun. Totally. Yeah. Plus, the critique of government bureaucracy and stuff, if not taken to the conclusion they're bringing it to, is fun and entertaining oh, yeah. and funny and shit. Yeah, yeah. That was made by the Neon Genesis Evangelion yeah. guy, right? Yeah. I guess I don't know. I've never watched that, so I don't know his uh, politics. Bracken, I'm trying to remember because it's been... I mean, we were just like st- stuck here in COVID a lot, so I feel like we've watched a million movies, but I'm trying to remember which Godzillas you've seen, but you've probably seen at least... 15 plus a lot of the other kaiju movies we've watched like troll hunter and king kong and a bunch of shit yeah i watched uh is it them the one with the giant ants with you um uh, some of the like the newer godzilla films that also have king kong we watched king kong some of them i like kind of zoned out on though i will say but the ones that grab my attention grab my attention some of them are pretty zone outable especially when it's like uh I know we just watched two in a row, but you got to see what happens at the end of the MonsterVerse. Here we go. Right. <laughs> um, well, any other general thoughts about this film before we get into some specifics? I'm, I'm just so happy it exists. It's the bright star yeah. in the middle of the Godzilla series before you get to the 80s. It's yeah, oh, such a pleasure to be here. I love this, love this movie. I yes. agree. Especially compared to the other environmental 1971 movie that doesn't exist. And uh, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm being weird. It, um, it kind of makes me a little sad, too, because it's like 
you know, in this today's woke world, you could never make this movie. No, like in, yeah. in the way that movies are made now, you literally this it had to happen in the perfect confluence of weird shit. It like almost feels like this movie. It was a mistake that a studio mm-hmm. let this happen. Yeah. And like it's like one of the most amazing films in like the longest running film series of all time. It's just yeah, it's miraculous. It's fucking spectacular. So in Julian Cope's book, I haven't read it since it came out in 2007, but in his book, The Bleep Rock Sampler, I'm censoring the name, um, about uh, psychedelic music from this time period in Japan. Uh, he also wrote The Kraut Rock Sampler, uh, so it's kind of like music along the same lines of Kraut Rock that's coming out from Japan. He, If I remember correctly, he talked about how like drugs weren't really a thing in japan at the time just in general both because the the strictness of authorities but even like a lot of the counterculture were kind of anti-drug just from uh that's just culturally how it was but pro-psychedelic well i think they weren't even psychedelics um i I just mean aesthetically because yeah i mean that's one weird thing about this movie right it's so overwhelmingly psychedelic but there is no one doing any drugs. Like during yeah. the crazy sequence in the club, dude's staring himself in a mirror. Like we've all stared at ourselves in the mirror when we're like, oh shit, I'm in a bathroom. Like, look at what the fuck. But he's just sitting there drinking like a fucking cocktail. Yeah. It's strange. Um, and then everyone's heads turns into fish. Yeah. So this is really making me wondering, because like you said, there's no depiction of them using drugs, but then this is such a psychedelic movie. Um, like, I don't know how right Julian Cope was when he wrote that, or if I'm even remembering correctly, but that's how I've always had it in my mind when thinking about Japan from the time, is that drug culture is just not a big thing. Um, hmm. You know, sniffing glue would be kind of more popular because that was something that was more accessible to them. Hell yeah. Yeah, this movie maybe really ponder that. Um, I mean, some really good psychedelic shit has been made by people who've never tripped before. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Frank Zappa, I think. I don't think he did drugs ever. He was anti-drugs. Oh, damn. He hated hippies. He hated everyone, though. He was, he's a uh, contrarian. He, he despised everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did y'all think about? I mean, this movie is so overwhelmingly psychedelic. Like, what did y'all think of the psychedelic aspects? Like, I mean, it, it starts off fucking right away, you know, and it almost yeah. never lets up. I love the cartoons. I love the, like, the, like, they look like back of the napkin animations, like, sort of. They, you know, yeah. they're like, I, I was very thinking, um, crude. School Rock. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Schoolhouse Rock, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But very, like, you know, watching, watching Hedora crawl around and suck on the smokestack and turn into a UFO and fly away. Like, it's all. It's so nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Again, another welcome change for these movies. Definitely. Obviously, there's like the in-your-face psychedelic stuff. You know, like the opening sequence has like the paint, you know, the red, blue, and green paint that's yeah. like, like undulating, like bubbles closing and opening. Stuff. And like there's the hallucinations and all this stuff. But also, even just the way it's editing, edited mm-hmm. feels psychedelic to me. Like where you're... You, it's very dreamlike. Like something will yeah. be going very quickly, and then suddenly two characters are sitting in a car staring, and you're like, "Was that a dream? Was that not? Okay, that one was a dream. They showed us it's a dream, but was this one? Is it all a dream? Like it's." And you said something earlier, Barto, about 
this one feels like it fits in Godzilla. And I agree in that it has the Godzilla sequence, you know, there's a threat, Godzilla arrives, there are multiple battles that lead to a bigger battle, Godzilla's victorious, but it doesn't to me feel like it's in the same universal timeline as the other Godzilla movies. Well, I, I just mean it has the, what do you mean universal timeline? Can you explain that like it, before I criticize it? I don't know. In my mind, I'm not like, and then Godzilla fought Hedorah, and then he fought Gigan. But I am like, Godzilla burned down Tokyo, and then he fought Mothra. Like, it feels like a sequence to me of movies. This one feels like it's just its own universe in some ways. And mm. I think there's some things that add to that. Like, there's weird off-brand Godzilla toys and shit. Like, it's really pushing it. It's a Ghidorah toy. There's an off-brand Ghidorah toy, but it's not Ghidorah either. They're all, like, slightly off. All right, then. I, I just sort of, I feel like it exists in the same universe in the sense that we're focused on a little kid where we yes. have a scientist, we have, yeah, fully. you know, like a young adult figure. Like we have all, it feels very much like we're stepping into the same world to me, at mm -hmm. least this is just, yes. you know, me, not, I'm not saying your opinion is wrong, but, um, <laughs> No, I agree with this part of it for sure. You know, like it, it just, yeah, it just feels like a Godzilla movie through and through, but yes, but really, and it's not even that like most Godzilla movies, it's not that deep, you know, like, sure. Like the consequences are real, but like it's, it's, it's on its sleeve in a way. Um, yeah. Like some, someone was saying that we haven't seen it in a while, but it's, it all feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree with all that. It feels like I'm stepping into the world of Godzilla as we have experienced it before. It has the common factors. But I guess to me, it doesn't feel like first Godzilla burned Tokyo. Then he, you know, battled King Kong. Then he battled Mothra. Like those feel like maybe they could have had one after the other. Then he, or first he like did Tokyo. Then he got, fro or like, uh, he got frozen at the end of Raids again. Then he got unfrozen for the next movie. This feels like it comes anywhere in the timeline it doesn't matter Got it's it. not part of the sequence interesting but i don't know interesting just me but i'm it, all mm. to say like it's just flows so psychedelically yeah does all monsters attack feel like it's part of any sequence no but that one that one i know it's kind of a dream yeah that um, one also doesn't for different reasons for sure yeah i guess i could see though how you could put this movie in the same wheelhouse as that movie in a sort of as outliers mm -hmm. from the series as a whole i get that but totally i don't know it's just like great choices it you got a rock band playing that then the music fucking yeah, goes um, i love a rock band with a flute player and th these club scenes are like intense kind of like they're yeah um the, the song is really dramatic, and then you get the fish head thing, which... Do you want to talk about the fish head thing? I'm going to resist my normal my, my normal uh, tendency to want to save things for other... I'm going to resist it. I think this movie is very anti-hippie, and I think the fish heads are part of it. Whoa. Um, this is the... So they're playing music, you know, in the, the club... 
and they're partying and everybody and they're they're singing and shit while and they are singing about the environment but they're partying you know and while they're partying outside Hidora is attacking and destroying their fucking society you know and this is the same kid who later you know we'll get into it but thinks that he they can like you know fight this thing by like being groovy and shit and so I think he's you know in a way trying to escape from these problems you know his brother's the guy who has all the fish in it like the the decaying fish and like mutilated fish and shit and who had just been attacked while in the water he's well aware of these environmental issues happening that are happening in the ocean but he's going to this club and just trying to party and you know probably be on psychedelics maybe get drunk whatever but he can't escape the actual guilt the escapism is not going to help him so he sees the fish in everybody's faces he can't ignore the environmental stuff going on i think that's what it's trying to say hmm. so while we were talking earlier I had this thought about the fishes in the fish tank and the reference to the oxygen destroyer and the the fishes in the club. And it just like occurred to me that like he, he sort of put on his like the thing glasses in that moment. Um, you or mean uh, the, it, they live? They live. Yeah. Sorry. He puts on uh, they live glasses for just a moment and he yes. he sees them all like they're about to have their fucking oxygen destroyed man they're they're yes. the the fish who are yeah about to choke and die that's perfect that's a great interpretation i love that so he's he's and at the same time yeah he's trying to party he's trying to just you know have a groovy life but he's seeing oh shit like look at and part of it they're singing about the environment right um like yeah. And so he's hearing that and relating it to the people he's seeing and their demise that's going to come just like the fish. Right. Right. Does somebody have the lyrics to that song? I don't know them, and I would love wow. to... I, I, You know, I I just looked up the um, the English version of it, so that's, like, stuck in my head right now. But the chorus is like, Save the earth, save the earth, save the earth. And it, it fucking goes. Um I haven't listened to the English one. Uh, well, there's two versions. There's one for the English dub, and then there's yeah. one for the one we watched. The one we watched has, uh, it's titled Return the Sun. Right. And Save the Earth is for the dubbed version. that has They have right. slightly different lyrics. What's the chorus of the, of the other one? I guess the chorus would be return, 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 green, blue skies, return. Return, right. return, return. Blue seas, return. It doesn't sound as cool as Save the Earth. Sure. The translation for the Criterion Blu-ray is different. Wild. Because that has, instead of like return, it was like, give, give back the green trees, give back the blue sea, like give it back, give it back. Something That's like that. right. It's mm. give it back. That's what mm. it was. I like that as a, oh wait, in fact, I wrote that down because I liked it as a demand over the yeah. English version yeah. of the song that that feels more like a plea. Yeah, like and or like a we can do it, save the earth, but return or give it back are both like fuck you, you took it from us. Mm. Yeah. I like it. What what are other lyrics to that song cuz I I've never looked this up. I was I figured y'all had. Well, um, I like the part where it just like is a list of chemicals. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's like what it starts it with. Uh, mercury, cobalt, cadmium, 
lead, sulfuric acid, oxidants, cyanogen, manganese, vanadium, chromium, potassium, strontium, filthy polluted oceans, filthy polluted air. It sounds metal. It would be such a it would be such a good metal song. Man, what a fucking dark thing to be playing in that fucking club. <laughs> but that club looks like so much fun though. I would I will oh, say yeah. like I get yeah, why they were there. A fucking fish head. That'd be so much I fun. I get why they were there hanging out and not like worrying about the environment. That that looked fucking awesome. Um well since we're we're on this, can can we talk about some of the music in this movie? Like this movie. I don't know. I think there's some good music in this movie, but a lot of good music. I fucking hate the Godzilla horn music in this movie. I don't like that either. Yeah. Um, we've entered his clown wow. era. Wow. It's okay. I'm glad. I thought uh, Bracken. What do you, do you agree with? That? I like it. With... Oh, <laughs> I think it's fun well, and silly. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be completely transparent here. This is the jerk who can't stop talking about how much he hates our theme song. So <laughs> maybe not the best taste of music. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> no comment. I, especially when I was like on a lot of ketamine and like things were, you know, affected me more. It felt like, you know, sounds were hitting me. I was so upset by it. I was just like, fuck you. Like, why are you ruining the vibe? So to be clear, I actually think the song kind of goes like, I think it's a dope song. It just makes Godzilla seem toothless. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's. It's like a sound for a drunk. A drunk clown is sort of what I get from it. I was thinking like a, a overweight like man like uh, falling over for a comedy, um, for like a 50s comedy or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's just kind of what I pictured. What does it make you picture, Bracken? Uh, like a, a child that has candy stuck to them and they're stumbling around. <laughs> And uh, uh, an idiot child, but I still love it. it. I still love it. Yeah. Apparently, the uh, composer for this movie was a student of um, Ifukube. That's his name, right? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just just not something. Copy pasted the Ifukube. Like, just I don't know. That's the only music I didn't like. The jazz during the scuba scene incredible yep. yeah I, I love all all the other music in this and it's like stuff that you would not picture from a student of ifukube but those yeah. horns kind of did feel the most ifukube ish of it all sure. in my opinion and um yeah I, I hated those horns too i think there's a couple more movies where we get those horns coming up also okay like uh gigan and megalon yeah okay oh yeah Good to know. Good to know. Um, it's it's gonna be funny when I'm like, well, that was my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> um, did you all notice the jaw harp playing at one point? I didn't, but they mentioned it in the book, so I know it happened. Super cool jaw harp. I I just wrote jaw harp, so I don't remember when, <laughs> but it was. I remember it being super cool. <laughs> also, as I said earlier, flute player in the psychedelic band, just always hell yeah, funny, fun time. The, the woman that was singing in that band, was she wearing body paint or was it like a one-piece spandex? I think it was a one-piece. Yeah, a one-piece, but okay. incredible costume. Yeah. Amazing. Totally. I like how she ended up being the uh, yes. girlfriend of the uncle. Um, so good. You're just like, oh, this is just like a 
random like band playing and then all of a sudden she like runs to him and spends the rest of the movie with us it's just and she's i wonder if there's oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say she's so much cooler than him like oh oh yeah like her he well, he is really batting out of his league or is that the phrase <laughs> oh yeah i mean totally but also no because he has the same name as one of my dogs so leave him alone all right okay good good argument um <laughs> I just wonder if there's a scene in between where, like, you know, the goo's coming down the stairs and suddenly everybody's fleeing. And I wonder if they knew each other before or if he's like, oh, my God, like, I'm just having this moment now where I'm suddenly lucid and I realize all the humans are going to fucking die from the earth. Who can help me? The woman on stage singing about how we need to save the earth and, <laughs> and like, take it back. I got to get her on my team, you know? It, yeah, I kind of had that same thought where, uh, like, I don't think that's the case, but I kind of like that better like yeah, it's just totally. like a beautiful romantic angle to that <laughs> but it seems like they know each other more than that the more we well, see of them together from the other angle though like if i picture that they knew each other before he's kind of just sitting going to her show because he asked her she asked him to go to the show and then the music fucking makes him suddenly have an epiphany and that's <laughs> why he sees the fish right then and suddenly like either way it's pretty sick you know what i mean yeah um well, let's let's move on and talk about the environmental messages because that is a big chunk of this movie. Obviously, there's some context to this. Does anybody know about the the environmental context to uh, our last podcast? Does true, um, but I don't remember what that context was. I remember talking about how like it was like the most polluted uh, sea like by far, and or something like that. And they're all, or maybe it's like the the most the nation most dependent on seafood mm -hmm. and their seas were just like incredibly polluted. That makes sense. It'd be crazy if it was a coincidence that the two main kaiju series, Gamera and uh, Godzilla both do environmental movies the same year mm -hmm. and every, like for no reason. Right. On a kind of side note with that, I did think this was kind of one of the more Gamera esque movies in the fact that in the sense that, the kid is really a big um, driver of the plot, and he kind of he's the one who like automatically knows everything that's going on. They bring the dad in more than a Gamera movie would, but it's also like still all the authority is pretty inept and the uh, clueless. The kid calls him Hidora, and then suddenly the whole country is calling him yeah. Hidora. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, in the sense of how important and integral and uh the kid is to the plot it was very reminded me a lot of gamera and also he has like a psychic connection with godzilla which yeah it's the same kind of thing like instead of being like i somehow know that you know gamera is the friend to all children where other mm -hmm. people are oblivious he's like i am having dreams that godzilla is going to mm -hmm. come and then godzilla comes yeah also <laughs> right before the final fight it made me laugh a lot because uh, the boy says, Godzilla's coming, like, two seconds before he arrived, which is just like, why Why did you even announce yourself? You're just showing yeah. off, Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. It's not just then. Um, there's a couple other times in the movie. It's like the first time he, like, he dreams about Godzilla coming and, like, okay, that's a little psychic vision. It doesn't really do any help, but okay. But then, like, he's on the roller coaster and... He sees all of a sudden he sees that silhouette of Godzilla um, flash in his mind, 
and then like he runs the phone so like within him and, and warns them that hetera is about to attack but that it's within like a minute of him getting that psychic action so it like doesn't do anything yeah. good it doesn't <laughs> yeah. help at all totally. and then yeah like you're saying at the end he he knows he's like oh godzilla's coming and like literally as soon as he's done saying that you hear godzilla roar it's like a cool psychic it's cool that you're psychic but it doesn't help at all it, it's it very also pointless was funny that it kind of like it everything happening was weighing on the kid way more than anyone else like they're like let's go to a roller coaster because it's yeah. nice out and he's just miserable being like where the fuck is godzilla this shit's bad like <laughs> it's wild the, doesn't the kid, help the, doesn't definitely hurts the kid's name's ken right yeah i i liked i really liked ken's character but i felt bad that he never got to wear pants <laughs> she never a, wear pants he's in a thick sweater when everybody's wearing it like bundled up on oh. mount fuji but he has just like short shorts on the whole time <laughs> i didn't notice that <laughs> it's like a fucking acdc guitarist <laughs> um so i mean this movie like look i'm it's fun but it's not fun you know what i mean it's like dark it's so dark. Like yeah. the in- there are skeletons. Yeah, I mean the way they show like there's my list of ways that they show that the environment is polluted is twice as long as the rest of the outline. Like it's <laughs> fucking intense. Like that mannequin floating. Like was that supposed to be a mannequin? I thought it was. Yeah. A, I thought it was a dead body. And I was like, no, Jesus, this is fucking dark. I think dark. it's a mannequin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really like the clock floating. I, I think that's like a scene very close to the mannequin, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Time's up. Time's yeah. Well, the mannequin up. appears twice, I think. But yeah, in the mm-hmm. beginning. Well, bo- both of them appear twice. The whole the, sequence oh, appears twice. Oh, the clock does too? Okay. The whole sequence does, yeah. Okay. Which shows that nothing's fucking changed. Like, it's so dismal. Yeah. And then, and then don't you hear like the clock like chime and then like it cuts away? I don't remember that, no. but I definitely remember thinking at the end, like, oh, they beat Hedorah, but then look, Tokyo Bay looks exactly like it did in the same sequence as the opening. Yeah. I, I feel like it, there's like a dong, kind of like in the back, and then it cuts away from the clock, because that was the final shot in the sequence. Yeah, that makes sense. Quite dismal. It is prescriptive, though, which is weird. What do you mean? I think they're making policy proposals in this film. Huh. Interesting. I think... Go on. I mean, I think they're advocating for nuclear power. Shit. I think you might be right. You know, like... But they're also... Can you you go into why you think that? I mean, so... Something... So, I think actually a couple weird things. I actually think they're making the argument that, like, technology is actually not going to save us. Yeah, I mean, the breakers... Like, the, the electricity electrodes don't work because the power goes out, because the breakers break. Right. You know who we should have had along with Bracken? Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> so we could talk about whether or not technology is going to save us from... Well, I, they also... <laughs> they also, speaking of, they also seem like they explicitly, like, invent and then dismiss carbon capture because they... They have this idea where they're like, what if we could use Hedora to soak up the pollution? And they're like, no, he'd get too power, uh, powerful. I don't know. But it was yeah. like they invented carbon capture. And then we're like, no, that's bullshit. 
yeah. which is I mean, people. Yeah, the, the girlfriend like mentions that, and the the scientist Papa is just like, nope, automatically. He's just like, I nope, I nope. read that as maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it didn't even occur to me that it wasn't what they meant until now. But like. I read that Hedora could clean up the pollution and then actually that would be worse as kind of like a climate change thing. Like some solutions have exponential effects. Like you're putting it off to a worse right. degree. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. definitely a, a more accurate reading than they invented carbon capture. Um, but <laughs> okay, well, sweet. Uh, <laughs> it's like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, rabbit had a monkey paw and he wished for the pollution to be, that's right. Go away. And what that meant is the monster coming who would suck the pollution up, but then would have even more horrible consequences after feeding The problem pollution. is I, I made a wish on a monkey paw, and then all I did was hit that four-foot bong over and over and over. <laughs> and so, you know, you know, well, wishes and mice are like fishes and rice. You know what I mean? Right. What's the saying? When he has wishes on his monkey paws, you need to hide his bongs. <laughs> Rabbit and rabbit's monkey paws consequences have been a disaster for the human race. (laughs) (laughs) They truly have. Uh, Just to top this thought off, um, is uh, what they do decide, what does save them is nuclear power, ultimately, or nature itself. You could take it either way. But Godzilla isn't really nature. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he is because he's working with the industry or the infrastructure that already exists, you know, that they they set up. He's taking advantage of the infrastructure that already exists. If he's working with, I'm not sure. Does Nate, can nature work? But also, isn't he a consequence of nuclear power rather than like, uh, like the symbol of nuclear power? Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really depends. It's hard. This is one of the things about Godzilla, right? It's like, do we take one of the things Godzilla may have stood for in a different movie and put it in here? Or is it a whole new thing? I never know, mm. you know? But they just opened the first nuclear plant in Japan like five years earlier. and But they really weren't getting going yet. Mm. Um, mm. I, I don't know if this this director was like, I'm going to make a movie advocating for power plants. But I do think it was in the air a little bit, probably. I didn't read sure. like any like newspapers or anything to see, like, are we talking about debating nuclear plants as a culture? Like, I'm not really sure, but for it sure. feels like it. I mean, it's interesting, too, that like we were we were talking about um, Shin Godzilla earlier, and it's like, you know, this was in the era of their first nuclear plant and then the first big reboot of godzilla is using imagery from fukushima the first big yep nuclear disaster in japan i mean it's just kind of interesting well, not the first big one but no i mean we did drop nuclear bombs no, sorry on. the first nuclear power <laughs> disaster sorry. you're right i apologize i misspoke um for sure that's a trip I didn't realize that the nuclear power was that close to this. Yeah. And, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it feels like they're like, you know, it defeated this pollution. Good old clean nuclear energy. Sure. I want to go back to 
just talking about some of the imagery because I'm kind of obsessed with how much fucking environmental imagery there is, if y'all are cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have some, but d- does anybody have any... Uh, I don't know. There was so much fucking gnarly imagery. I want, does anybody have any more we haven't brought up that stands out? Get, you get us going, bud. One of them, like the fucking... Uh, the oil spreading and blocking out the screen. That was fucking intense. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, I don't remember that. They show, you know, we have the first gnarly shots of pollution and sludge in Tokyo Bay. And then it juxtaposes that with these, like, bright flowers that are, like, in a home garden. And then you have these Mm. bright fish that are in these tanks. And then later in the movie, the flowers wilt and the tanks, like, the fish die. And it's, like, this weird... Like, I don't know if they're talking about, like, how we're domesticating nature and it's dying, too, or what. But... I mean, it just seems like a, a very specific warning about pollution. Like, it's out there mm. now, Whoa. but it's 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 coming to your home. Totally. Yeah, and then they have kind of a direct, more direct way of saying that with the animation where there's a factory that's just ripping up the plants whenever they start to grow. It just Which tears them out of the earth perfect like that animation is just true like to me yeah. it's like a perfect <laughs> metaphor for exactly yeah. what industrialization is yeah and then um hetera comes and you think it's gonna feed off it like it kind of inhales the smokestacks because it gets on top of it and starts eating but you, then it just eats the entire factory hell yeah i think it's kind of more of a sign of just you know it's not just gonna it's not just a parasite just uh, lingering by just drinking some of your blood it's going to completely fucking consume um, everything eventually well, and it's yes. saying that this cycle like this thing you're creating is going to be the entire industry's undoing everything's undoing yes. capital yeah. is going to collapse yeah. that's what I mean it's not just something yes. that's going to be passed on through it's going to it's destruction is so bad it's going to destroy everything yeah Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, the cartoons are just amazing. You know, it starts with Hitera mm-hmm. drinking tanker oil, then the one you all are talking about now, then the next one to me is the trippiest part of the fucking movie, and I don't even fully know what it means. But there's they're like there's anti-hetera oxygen masks now on sale, which during times of COVID is even fucking more yep. beautiful. <laughs> and then there's two faces that like cross, and then the faces become part of a map on the news and that map with the outline of the faces is showing the area of decimation of hetera it's like the trippiest fucking thing it's i thought that was the area where hetera had been same Um, same potato potato because they they bring up that's the point where they bring up there's been sixteen thousand deaths thirty thousand injuries and uh like 300 and something uh, buildings destroyed and then and like think of how stale statistics those statistics sound compared to like why were the faces <laughs> the area do y'all know what I'm saying? oh yeah and and yeah, then it, it and then it like that's when it transitions into the stuff with like the protests and stuff right yes like that whole sequence oh, is God. just i don't know it's very artful it feels very of its time just that that happened. I don't think it needs to mean anything. It just like looks very um, cool. Totally. It made you go, wow. Yeah. See all those TV screens of those people being like, why isn't our government helping us? Where are the defense forces? And then there's TV screens that show uh, Hedera, TV, sh- 
screens that show like the pollution and then there's more and more tv screens appearing on and then the colors bright colors start happening they take over the tv screens oh god that whole thing is just so good um I kind of felt like the TV screens were part of what you were talking about, Barto, about, like, the there is no tech solution. Because, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the screens were faces that were saying solutions that were being dismissed. And so it was just like, look at all these people with all these solutions. And it's like, none of the solutions are saying we should stop destroying the planet. They're all, like, weird, like, what? workarounds. But there was someone with, like, a sign or one of the things just said, halt all industry. And we saw that, like, oh, a oh, handful yeah. of times. Okay. And I was like, fuck yeah. That, like... Okay, sweet. Yeah, I don't think it was a sign. I think he actually said it. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I guess I, mean, I wouldn't matter. have been able to read the sign. But, yeah, I think someone just said it. We don't really get this in any of the in very many of the movies, but like monst kaiju as a social issue like happens. Um yeah. with we have like debate on television about what to do with the with the fact that there's this pollution kaiju that we made, I guess. The last time I remember something like that was actually Astro Monster. Uh where there was like I believe it was Astro Monster where there was like the there a couple lines about how there were protests with people saying we should let the aliens concede and then ones are like uh, yeah. colonize yeah. us and one saying we shouldn't and then they, they battled in the streets yes i think you're right but For yeah sure. you don't get it very often yeah no 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 it's super rare that was i mean that was like a few lines that we talked in that episode about how we wish that was a whole movie because that's so great and here we get a bigger chunk it's nice yeah well one of the ways that they're showing environmental destruction is with Tadora himself. We haven't even really talked about what we think of this guy as a kaiju. Uh, I think he looks disgusting and like sticky and, and soft. And uh, like there's parts where uh, Godzilla just like sinks into him and he's always he's spraying goop everywhere. He's gross. He's great. I love him. Yeah. He's the the Charlie of Kaiju, is what, <laughs> what they usually say. His final form is covered in glitter. Like Oh yeah. It's so but like it totally works. It's I think it's supposed to be like a sh- a shimmer of goo. Like I think that's what they're trying okay, to sense. do, but it, like an oil slick. Yeah, I think so, but he's just covered in glitter, but it totally works. <laughs> But and yeah, his one uh, eye. He lost. I mean, they did a literal eye for an eye thing in that fight, which was pretty weird. Yeah. Like, he poked out Godzilla's eye, and so Godzilla poked oh, out his eye. He poked out Godzilla's I eye. I think so. Or he like sprayed it with goo or something. Yeah. Oh, eye yeah, for an that's eye. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shot it into his eye, and then Godzilla has one eye closed for sure. Oh. I I really yeah. liked how versatile he was like he's drippy and like he you know because of the limitations of what they could do with the suit like i think he was supposed to be able to just like morph into anything but he had like a few forms but they did a cool job of like showing that like the transformations look sick and to me the coolest part where i was like oh okay i love this guy was when the kid had this way too big of a knife for opening fucking muscles and it, it slides right into him and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And you're like, okay, this is different than anything we've ever seen before. Like, that's not yeah. rubber. This is something else. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. And just the fact that he had, like, sludge that moved independently of him and then could rejoin. Like, how fucking cool is Hedera? 
Yeah. Dude, he's he's one of my favorites. He looks so cool. It's such a great concept. I like all four of the different forms, and I like how he answers you know exactly what ufos are now we know <laughs> after seeing this movie yeah um, for sure that ufos are actually just giant sludge monsters which also explains why our pollution is so bad because we have <laughs> giant sludge monsters flying around at night uh, <laughs> nailed it yeah did any of y'all know how they made hetera's sound like i i remember y'all talking about how they made godzilla's sound but I really like Hedera's sound. It's it, it's really cool. I like his sound too, but I'm not sure. I keep I keep bringing this up at the show because I don't read. I'm not reading a book about Godzilla, but but these fellows are reading books about Godzilla, and I keep hoping that they stumble across something about how they make these voices because there've been a couple of them what that felt really unique. Geigen's coming up. He also has a fucking awesome machine voice thing but i haven't been reading this book for the last handful of movies because i couldn't find it and i didn't finish reading this chapter for this episode that's okay um before we started but from what i've glanced through i didn't see anything mentioning the sound i'm gonna play it a couple of times though hell yeah i do it right now yeah 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 That sounds so good. That sounds yeah, so good. I love hearing that again. <laughs> oh, an old friend. <laughs> I really loved that. Like, as the movie went on, you felt like you knew all of his forms and all of his stuff, and then they kept adding little things to show, like we're still being creative. This guy is a just amorphous. Like, yeah, I mean, I like how they're like his first form is this, his second form is this, the third form is a UFO. What's his fourth form going to be? And then you see his fourth form, you're like, oh, this is his fourth form. But then all of a sudden, he just changes back into his third form. Yeah. So, just like, can he just change from form to form whatever he wants? Like, that's, Yeah, dude. Do they just completely just, like... He's the best. Turn our heads around on what they have us, like, expecting. Uh, but that was really neat how all of a sudden he's just like, nope, I'm UFO hetera. And then, nope, I'm two-leg hetera. Totally. And two-leg hetera. Can I just say that dance that he did when they were square, that sachet that Hedora did? Where he like sidles up. Um, it's very slowly. It's kind of spooky. It works. Yeah, it's, it is definitely. And I think at that time, um, there's no music. The music's completely cut out, which kind of adds to the eeriness of uh, seeing him kind of like slowly sidle up like that. It is very eerie. I really love when he's a UFO and he flies through that like the steel beams and goes right through them. It's so creative and different than anything we've ever seen. And then they just melt afterwards. I love that. And I really love when he's huge and he's on the street and all the cars are like getting sucked into him. Yes. That's such an amazing shot. Oh, I love shot. that. That's oh, yeah. so cool. We, we've sort of had a problem, particularly in the last handful of these movies where there's not a lot of shots that give you a good sense of scale of the yeah. creature, but there were a bunch of really good ones in this one. The cars, the them flying, him flying over like the the yoga class yeah. was really really good because he, he just mm -hmm. felt like huge but like uh, comprehensible, which is like the best mm -hmm. kind of 
kind of scary a little. Totally. Another thing about the the kind of spookiness to that part of them on top of Mount Fuji, there's no stars in the sky, which I think in Mount Fuji, there's I don't know for sure, but I'd assume there would be lots of stars in the sky. But uh, the fact that there aren't any kind of adds like the eeriness of it, in my opinion. That's just like a completely pitch black sky. Totally. With this uh, monster who kind of consumes all around it and just kind of exudes the darkness itself. It well, and when seems... it's too smoggy, like in fucking L.A., you don't see stars. It's perfect. Yeah. Hell yeah. Can I read a section from this book really quick? Raise your hand if you're cool with it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Go ahead, dude. It kind of touches on... Uh, some of the things we've recently been talking about. I was checking to see if he mentions nuclear power at all, but um, I don't think he does. Is this but, collab? Uh, um, this is after some paragraphs talking about the hippies. Um, he says, By presenting the protest party on Mount Fuji as absurd and self-defeating, Godzilla versus Hedera bites the hand that feeds it. Environmentally aware teenagers are among those likely to go see an environmentally oriented Godzilla movie. During the late 60s and early 70s, the age of the hippies in Woodstock, staging a music festival to protest pollution, exactly the kind of response such a group would, ha- would have had. Would have had. The teenage philosophy of that era sincerely believed in the power of music and good feelings to affect social change. Events like Woodstock were premised on the philosophy, philosophy that, through the music, youth culture could change the world for the better. Hedera spits in their faces, both literally and figuratively. Yoshimitsu Bano's film is a cynical and de- is a cynical and depressing with no real ho- hope for the future. The authorities are as stupid and incompetent as the countercultural youth movement. Industry, which caused the problem in the first place, makes no effort to redress their wrongs. Absent a government decree, they are apparently unwilling to sacrifice a penny of profits, even if it means the certain death of all life on Earth. Once the national crisis is over, there is no reason to suspect they will pollute any less. Science, as embodied in Dr. Yano, is at best a faint ray of hope. However, another scientist interviewed on TV has disastrously, disastrously incorrect theories of his own, which result in the deaths of two helicopter crews. There is no theme of scientists banding together for the common good, as in earlier films. Dr. Yano is a maverick who must argue with his wife to even have the opportunity to save the Earth. Um... I really love that quote. I kind of feel like maybe that was David Collat. Is that right? Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe he's a little wrong on seeing this movie as cynical. I think maybe Collat just isn't imaginative enough to believe that wow. we could actually stop industry. But I believe that he's not saying there's no way to do it. He's saying all of the bullshit that we pretend. Look, we can keep everything going as it is and it'll be fine. It's just not true. And we have to actually stop this shit. We can't have these, like, green bullshit capitalist solutions. You know what you I mean? You hear that, Collat? You got no imagination. You're fucking done. You're out so. But, blat, but, blat, the, but the, the movie also doesn't really, like, offer any solutions. It does seem cynical to me. Nuclear power. Like, what, okay. what is there in there? I mean, I guess it's cynical in that if you're saying something is bad and we have to stop it, is that cynical? Or is that just saying that it's bad and we have to stop it? I, I think that he's saying that something is bad and, like, we've potentially gotten to the point where we can't stop it. Like, that's how I interpreted the pollution at the end, continuing to be in the bay. 
like but nothing there are changed. People with signs that say "Stop Industrialism," right? I mean, I I guess that was more like they were probably suggesting that as a stopgap to uh, get rid of Hedora. That would, that would be my guess. Sure. That that no okay. one was like the film itself isn't like suggesting. I don't think that anyone has any intention of changing for the better at the end of this. Y'all are probably right. You're probably right. In the end, Dr. Yano's invention does not even work as advertised. Only in conjunction with Godzilla's atomic ray does does it have any effect on Hedera. Mm. In other words, Hedera, a symbol of all that is wrong with modern society, is defeated only by Godzilla, who is also a symbol of all that is wrong with modern society. He uses human technology, which is presumably also something wrong with modern society. If the concentrated oxygen bombs had killed Hedera, there would have been a neat nature versus technology dichotomy and also a clear value judgment between them. As it stands, in this battle between technology's monstrous waste products, victory of one waste product over another brings with it no clear value judgments, leaving the issues unresolved and ambiguous. I mean, that's just ridiculous because Godzilla's been a hero for like six movies. Yeah, that really is uh, suited in um, the Godzilla from the original Godzilla which he kind of really hasn't represented since then. Um, yeah. No, and the kid knows he's a hero. It's the, just because you're a waste product of something bad doesn't mean you're bad. Like, I'm a waste product of my fucking parents. Am I right, guys? <laughs> um, I know your parents, and you're right. You are the waste products. Thank you. And they aren't bad. You are the waste products. I feel like you're going to say something. Oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about, (laughs) like, your mama jokes, and I'm just feeling bad about that. Um, I mean, speaking of mama jokes, what if Godzilla hadn't destroyed Hedera's ovaries? Yeah, what? Okay, what were those that he took out of him? I I have no idea. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I, I, uh... (laughs) He, he smashed the shit out of them. It seemed important to Godzilla. I know. Were they his eyes? Was he? That's what I. Thought I think they were his too? eyes. Actually, I think he. That's my best guess. Did but then they fight some more after that. Did did Hedera have eyes when they fight some more? Hedera's eye was like that really beautiful red and orange, and those were yeah. just weird white yeah. orbs. Yeah, I mean he was high as fuck. His eyes were but, always red. Yeah, he <laughs> did look <laughs> high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off the smoke sacks. Dude, that that shot where he's taking that bong hit yeah. is literally like a minute long. Yeah. And he only like I, I counted, it was like forty two seconds to like the forty seconds on the next minute. And he only stops because he hears Godzilla roar. That dude can take a fucking hit. <laughs> okay, I wanna so okay, so we're we're talking about this fucking cynical Thing, and I think this ties into this being an anti-hippie movie. And I got to ask another mystery this brings me to. So obviously we have the the uncle and he's like, let's just go to Mount Fuji and we'll have a great time and whatever. And then like they're playing acoustic music and then there's like, no, uh, greener pastures exist in our hearts now. Let's at least use our energy to make a stand. And then electronic instruments come out of nowhere and psychedelic music plays. It's like really fucking trippy. And then they all fucking die immediately, which to me is just <laughs> yeah. like an incredibly obvious anti-psychedelic hippie, this will change um, things statement, which I kind of love. But who are those fucking yeah. faces watching them? Do y'all know what, what I'm talking about? The 
are they supposed to be ghosts or are they like villagers that live nearby? I think they're just like, um, yeah, I, farmers who live around there. Like, perplexed. but they have like weird gray on their faces, like they're ghosts or something. Yeah, I think they were just... on Tokyo Lives, they thought they were ghosts. In this book, I think it says, like, it's not sure. It says, like, ghosts or, like, <laughs> villagers. <laughs> Weird. So I, it's ambiguous, I guess. Um, Almost nothing in this movie is ambiguous. And then you have two shots of these faces. It's so weird. I thought it was just a bit. I thought it was just, like, comedy. Like, it is... It is um, uh, what's that called in a Greek play? Who are the guys off to the side? The chorus. The chorus, yeah. They're the chorus, okay. just, like, watching... The, it, you're supposed to, I think, identify with them in being like, okay. this is ridiculous. Yeah. I think. I mean, I do <sighs> like that at the last minute, the hippies are like, oh, shit, duh, we got to throw <laughs> fire at him. Like, let's at least try to, like, to have a riot. Like, I do like yeah. that. Yeah. And then Yukio dies. Yes. My poor doggy. Um, <laughs> Everyone dies. <laughs> Yes. And yeah, but only one of them is named after my dog. That's true. The kid doesn't die, though. Maybe short shorts are the answer. Yeah, well, the kid was like a, with a different group, kind of off to the side of the group that threw all the torches at him. The kid um, was pretty so... close to some torch throwers. Yeah, they weren't exactly protecting the child. He's like with people that are um, separate from them. Hmm. Not like super far away, but not like within that same kind of range of all the other ones who were running up and throwing fire i thought people threw fire like over him uh, did he not like get in on the fire throwing I, like he he was right there he starts to grab one and then uh his uncle's girlfriend like hits it out of his hand okay oh shit well yeah i don't know this feels very like to me, that greener pastures exist only in our hearts now speech and then them all dying is like the most over-the-top obvious <laughs> yeah statement in the movie we don't even have to dissect like we all know what that means right yeah bracken do you have any opinion on uh who those people were watching them uh probably the parents looking at the product of waste that they produced like <laughs> rabbit's parents look at him that is kind of like one of the things i was that i was thinking of like uh kind of ancestors looking on me and like this this is what it was all for. <laughs> we died in these World War Two just so these yeah. people can fucking play music on a mountain to stop pollution. I, I am curious, and I'm not sure if there's an answer for this. Why did everyone assume that he was going to Mount Fuji, and why were they correct about that assumption? It's a good. I, I was wondering question. if that ever, like, if anyone noticed something that it's, I just missed. It's a common tourist spot in Japan. <laughs> I don't know why I'm kind of vaguely remembering them being like based on his trajectory. I don't, even, looks I don't like think they did that. No, I don't, okay. I don't so. remember that. I don't remember that. I think they're just like he's going to go to Mount Fuji, and everyone's like, "Yeah, let's also Hell go yeah. to where he is." Let's throw a fucking party. I there, mean, man. it's very like we're going to go to the Pentagon and telepathically lift it off the ground. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with that? I mean, it didn't work. That was like the thing Abby Hoffman did? Yeah. That's right. I was trying to remember who that was. That's right. I think if I had a kid and if I had a kid and my uh, hippie brother brought him out to a illegal hippie rave and put him in the line of danger, I'd be pretty <laughs> upset with him. 
Yeah. And his parents yeah. don't even mention it. Well, it. It was such a weird, like, because you have, like, one brother that's, like, a scientist who seems like he's, like, a good, well-regarded scientist. Then his brother's, like, a young hippie. <laughs> I don't know. Just kind of a weird dichotomy. Like, didn't feel like they were actually brothers, I guess. That's a common thing in these movies where we'll think somebody's like somebody's kid and then it turns out it's their brother. And I all, I keep wondering if in Japan it was like normal to have kids farther apart than I'm used to or something. Because I feel like we've had this discussion a lot, especially in earlier yeah. films. But it's very strange that, I mean, it is, you know, some uncle nephew energy to go to the place where the giant monster is about to be. That's that's. That's real strange behavior, but it could only be accomplished <laughs> between an, an uncle and a nephew. Not even that. Um, I mean, yeah, that's horrible. Like, you're not my brother anymore. What the fuck are you doing? No, it's but, fucking um, tight, dude. It's the, a sick concert. It, it was a pretty sick show. Um, they shred. And, and he was playing in it, too. So he's like, come on, nephew. Don't you want to see me play? Don't you see me jam on this acoustic? Um, don't you want me to see me go from black and white to color? Uh, uh, <laughs> dragging your nephew to a dangerous show is the most uncle thing you could do. Like to yeah. a dangerous show that you're playing. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about Godzilla, folks. Yeah. Right out the gate. I think this is my favorite Godzilla entrance of all time. On the sea? Was, was that where there's like a sun and then he like appears in front of the it's sun? It's just in or... front of an awesome sunset and it's yeah. sick music. And it, like, yeah, that's pretty good. I feel like was there great. was good music there. It wasn't the shitty music, was it? I, I don't... think it was the, the, the weird music. Was the, the wow, wow. I don't think it was that. Yeah, I don't think so either. But you're talking about the dream sequence. No, it's before that. But I do want to talk about the dream sequence because when we were... Look, we did a lot of ketamine. This was more ketamine than I've done before. And the dream sequence, Bracken, you were so fucking into it. You like, like the dream sequence is just what, like Godzilla turns and burns some fucking trash and then burns some fucking trash. And you were like, what? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I just want to know, like, what was happening to you? You know what I mean? I I don't know. I was just like completely overjoyed by it. It was just so beautiful. And it felt like it came out of nowhere, and it did. It didn't have that effect on me when I watched it again with my parents. But anytime I see Godzilla and like a skyline on fire in front of him or behind him, I I love it. Yeah. And I think I I think I specifically said this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen <laughs> because <laughs> at the time I felt that way. I forgot. I know you mentioned this earlier. Did you say this was? Outside of Godzilla '98, this was the first Godzilla movie you'd no. seen, or no? But it was it was like one of the first few that Rabbit showed me when y'all were getting into it. Yeah, like third or fourth or something. Okay. Yeah, it did occur to me that depending on how we're viewing nuclear, it could either be it's this beautiful moment of like Godzilla cleaning up this pollution, like a very literal, and then the other side of it is saying. Man, look at this fire of trash that this guy, the only guy who's trying to help, <laughs> this fire of trash is just burning. There's smoke coming in the air. There's no stopping this. Even Godzilla can't do it. The, 
if it's the latter interpretation, what does that say about the kid? Because we find out this is just his dream. Right. Right. <sighs> Who's to say? Wait, what was the dream? When when Godzilla is like in the ocean and he turns to the right and he burns some trash and then he turns to the left and he burns some trash, that's all a dream sequence the kid is having. Because it then shows the kid in bed and he gets up and he says, I dreamed about Godzilla. And his mom's like, then he's going to come. And his mom's right. Yeah, well, his mom's just like, sure, whatever, you stupid kid. <laughs> I don't think his mom actually believes it. I think his mom believed the shit out of it. <laughs> all right. This is what podcasting is all about. Differing opinions, discussing those <laughs> opinions, and like coming away as friends who can just shake hands and say, yo, we got different opinions. <laughs> On whether the mom cares believed in the truth. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. This is what, this is why we're going to be huge. Uh, what what'd y'all think about Godzilla flying? Great. We've seen this happen before, haven't no. we? No, first time. Or am time. I just thinking about this? First okay, time. I must just be thinking about this movie. Which, thanks to you guys, I've now seen like ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Do Godzilla fans, like, really hate that he flies? A lot of them do. So my my understanding of people's opinion on this is that a lot of Godzilla fans really don't like this movie. Godzilla fans sound like total fucking losers. Yeah, I listened to Tokyo Lives episode on this, and they like all hated it. Um, our, our our boy, our, our friend friend of the show, Rob, he definitely didn't wasn't anti it as much as the other two hosts. And when I talked to him about it uh, last night, he was like, "No, I really like that one. I must have felt different. It's been a couple of years, so." Maybe I just feel really different. Uh, but yeah, m- my understanding is a lot of Godzilla fans hate it because it's such a detachment from the rest of the series and uh-huh. is so weird. But in my opinion, that's one of the things that makes it great. It's just a very unique yeah, what? movie and it's done well. And, and he, I mean, just watching, like, why wouldn't he be able to fly doing that? Like, what's yeah. stopping him? You know, like, make him fly. Make him fly. Is, is there, is there later movies where he no. does that? I think this is it, bro. Man, that's a, an amazing power that he's just like. You know what? I'm so overpowered as it is. I'll nerf myself. But some. it it seems like it. Um, it's perfect for just like this is a lovely, fun thing that we do. We don't need to have it back. You know, it's just like that's the movie where Godzilla flies. It it, it looks really silly. But it seems like this Godzilla, there there aren't really that many moments where I perceived him as being particularly, like, for lack of a better word, badass, with the exception of the dream sequence. Like, he, the music <laughs> makes him feel goofy. Him flying looks really goofy. And I, and I haven't seen that many movies, so I don't have, like, the frame of reference that y'all have. But I felt like it fit in with the Godzilla of the movie for him to just randomly fly. But hell yeah! What what about when he's just fucking tearing Hedera apart and just throwing oh. pieces of Hedera all around? You're telling me that's not badass? When he's digging into him and just pulling shit, yeah. that is so good. That's literally if I ever kill someone, what I'm gonna do? Inspired by this movie, mm. but at the same time, it looks like like a child playing in mud. Like it, it I don't know. It's like I still had a hard time like yeah. taking that scene that's seriously. That's all Hedera is to him. It's just some fucking mud at this point. <laughs> 
He's such a Chad. I, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, he's he's uh he's kind of a jester through mm-hmm. much of it. Um, except when he's being covered in mud, which is not badass, but it is kind of distressing. <laughs> Have you guys ever he's seen like that? One of Tricks Point Never music video where it's just like images of like really nasty desktop computers and then like furries. <laughs> that sounds I think bizarre. I only knew half the words you just said. Oh man, you should check out One of Tricks Point Never. But um, there's just this image, this haunting image that sticks in my head from it of a wolf furry that looks like. It's crudely filmed, and it looks like he's drowning in a puddle of mud. And it's just, like, seared itself onto my brain, and I had the flashback to it. How can you drown in a band? In a band? Oh. I You know, I got so lost in a puddle of mud, I feel like I'm drowning. Um, Yeah, whatever the case, I had a flashback to that sort of horrifying image when I watched Godzilla drowning in this mud flailing and unable Uh, to get out what what did you think about the suit he's wearing when he's drowning in the mud um apparently that's a different so according to tokyo lives apparently that's like a different um uh suit that's one that they always use for like underwater shots and stuff and at this point it was like falling apart and looked horrible but I didn't really notice that when I was watching. Oh, look great. Good sequence. Yeah, perfect I, suit. I, I thought it looked <laughs> fine to me. Um, it was a perfect They also suit. talk about how the suit in the rest of the movie was... Uh, it's a suit that they've used before and after, but for some reason this movie and a couple of the ones later, it looks way worse than the other times the suit's done, and I thought the suit looked fine. And I think they might be fascists. Yeah. It could be. Rob. <laughs> Uh, I thought the suit looked just like it always looks in these yeah, in this era. Kind of goofy. I didn't notice anything? Yeah, definitely goofy. Yeah. I mean, we're in the show era still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the goofier part of the show era too. One yeah. interesting thing is that like this is show era, but this is one of the few show era monsters like uh, enemies that has multiple phases it goes through, which in the Heisei era is like the bread and butter of that era is that each one goes through multiple phases. Um, so it's kind of cool that this one is so different, but it might have set a little bit of a precedent. Well, y'all, are you ready to give out some awards? I, I, have, I have one quick thing that I'm curious about. Uh, and I, I guess it's a question for Barto and Charlie. Have, have you seen the 2021 short, uh, like, Hedera and Godzilla that they made for Godzilla Day. I meant to ask you this: Did you go with Rabbit to see that in theaters? So I um oh my god I hate myself I uh went to go see that in theaters the uh, for Godzilla Day versus Mecha Godzilla or uh, against Mecha Godzilla yeah against Mecha Godzilla um and so I get to the theater and I'm standing in line there's like one person in front of me but she's like getting gift cards and it's taking forever and then i get up and i show her my phone and she's like oh yeah you just walk on and just show that to the to the ticket person you don't ha- or persons letting people in the theater you don't have to show that to me um so i waste like five minutes there and by the time i get into the theater they're showing the making of the fucking hetero short i just 
I didn't even realize that they showed the hetero short until afterwards when Rabbit was like, that's so cool that they showed the hetero short. I just thought it was the making of and then the, the against Mechagodzilla. What? So, no, I have not seen it, and I was very upset, and I wished I could live in ignorance, but some people who call themselves friends are actually fake <laughs> friends, and they don't allow you to live in ignorance. Uh, yeah, what? I, for, I don't think I watched it. I think I watched the Gagan one that they did that's from the that's from this year the uh the hetero ones from the from last oh. year you can find it on youtube you should watch it well, no it, it, ar- it was archive.com or org or whatever that website is that's where we found it we watched it again oh, you're right what it, what it's is, what happened beautiful really uh, it, it it's like what 15 minutes it's just like a fight sequence Not even godzilla kicking the shit out of hetero and then like a beautiful shot of godzilla in front of a flaming uh skyline and then, like, great Japanese psych rock, and then, like, the weird, like, milky uh, psychedelic visuals. It's Hell incredible. Yeah. It's very cool. One of the really cool things they did, I mean, first of all, they used some really cool perspective. Like, the making of was awesome. I fucking mm-hmm. loved it. But they used this hetero suit left over from Godzilla Final Wars because Hedera's barely in it. Um, so they had an intact suit, and they, like, did something special for this short where they put in, like, weird hoses into the suit so that they could shoot like muck out of holes in the suit as they're fighting it's really sick does it say anything or is it just a fight like is it it's just a fight there's no like message within those 10 minutes or whatever no it's unfortunately nope, and sadly way too short but it, it 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 would be so cool if they just made a remake of it like i think with if if they made a full-length film using what they had for that it would be an incredible and beautiful thing hmm. i wish they would bring hetero back in some way yeah god he's so cool yeah come on legendary let's do it <laughs> let's do it there's still I mean, time to do some reshoots the next movie is kong and uh godzilla versus somebody so why not versus the smog monster why not yeah hetera. why not i'm gonna make a change.org um, I- petition for it Oh, Hell please. Yeah. Is change.org still around? Yep. Has it ever changed anything? Dot .org. Do uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> a White House petition so that oh. Joe Biden has to talk about uh, Hedora if uh, we hit the <laughs> minimum signage. Okay, so dumb cop of the week. Uh, Bracken, you're new around these parts. You got to go first. I I don't remember the character's name, but the shitty uh, hippie uncle for putting our boy Ken in the line of danger, probably because he was on right. too much dope. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> you cops always on too much dope, man. Putting a kid in danger isn't something a cop would do, so I don't Never. know why you're saying that's a dumb cop. Weird thing to imply, Unless yeah. you just... Unless you hate cops, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Uh, who, who's next? The cop who goes, we see him get a call, and he's like, very funny. Hedera is a sea monster, implying that Hedera was attacking the land, uh, attacking a land, and they were getting calls about it, and he just brushes it off, saying, no, Hedera is a sea monster, that can't happen, even though he's just learned what Hedera is, like, within the last 24 hours, but he just has this self-assured cop attitude where he's like 
You fucking moron. Why are you so fucking stupid thinking Hedera could attack on land? Yeah, I mean, he thinks he knows everything. I, I have yeah. the same... That's my dumb cop of the week. Knock it off. Hedera's a sea monster, for sure. Yeah. Barto, what do you got? Uh, you know, as wonderful and cool as she is, I have to go with, uh, with the girlfriend for suggesting that... We turn the problem into the solution and use mm. Hedera to clean up the pollution. Fair. It's the opening stanza of fair, a fair. new song I'm working on. <laughs> I disagree. You are anti, um, what do you call it? I hope you're not I saying women. You have a bunch I hope of people I'm... throwing out opinions. Um, I'm what? Brainstorming? Like a, like you have like a writer's room and they're all just <laughs> yeah you, you just throw out opinions. Uh, I am a yeah brainstorm. Yeah, I, guess. I am. The, um, it, she's just she, not even. There's another word no wrong do, answers, but, fellas. But she's just like she just learned what this is. She's just like off her top of her head. She's like, hey, you're talking about something that eats pollution. Cop. Maybe that's good. She's not putting all this scientific thought into it. All this kind of pig. Hmm. I think, yeah, Barto is the pig. <laughs> I agree. Maybe the dumb cop was the one in my head all along. <laughs> yeah. She's just spitballing and throwing stuff out. It's, it's, she wasn't saying, we need to add man, like, go with this. Um, sorry, I like her. I want to protect I do, her. I do. I like her, um, too. She, there just yeah. aren't a lot of dumb uh, cops in this. And I did like how the director made her boyfriend die, but she lived. I that, that was, was pretty choice. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to also say the... Um, the helicopter that comes in and drops the oxygen bomb after they've already already realized that the oxygen bombs aren't doing anything and they're like looking at the helicopter coming in and the commander goes like you idiot and the helicopter goes in just drops oxygen bomb and uh hetero just fucking lasers it and kills them that's true (laughs) yeah good answer (laughs) hell yeah uh praxis award i mean the little boy for Sticking the knife up. Nice. He he yeah. doesn't he doesn't sing a song. He doesn't <laughs> you know run to authority. He acts. It doesn't work, but he good gives answer. Go. Good answer, Bracken. What do you got? Praxis award. Um, the creepy like ghost parents staring in judgment <laughs> at the shitty hippies dancing around. Nice. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Um, you introduced us as the anti-hippie podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, Charlie, what do you got? I got hetero, baby. Um, <laughs> eating all the fucking cars on the highway. <laughs> and then uh, he's caused uh, the government to ban the use of automobiles in cities and for factories <laughs> to stop production. Yes. I mean, Such this a is good more answer. than any of us have ever done or will ever do. <laughs> that's, that's praxis. I, I got to give the same answer, but for a way worse reason. Uh, mine is Hedera for taking a fat rip off this fucking factory box. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to be there, you might as well enjoy it, right? Were you taking a bonk hit while you're watching that part? I have not hit a bong in like 10 years, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy whose head is shaped like a bong. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess no one can disagree with this. You no know one fucking hit me where it hurt me, man. 
All right, I'm gonna go favorite shots first. My favorite shot I already said, but Godzilla appearing in front of the sunset. I fucking love that shot. Yeah. I cannot That's tell really you cool why. Shot. It's so good. It, it, it's yeah it's beautiful yeah, that's number one it's wonderful hell yeah for awesome. you too Barta mm-hmm. that or Hedora ripping the ripping the bong looks really cool super good but yeah super good the, the sunrise set thing is is kind of beautiful totally uh, uh Charlie what do you got for favorite shot this movie I think visually is just so incredible like Anywhere you go in the movie, you're bound to find a cool shot. Um, even just some of the more mundane stuff, just like some of that stuff in like the Papa's laboratory where, where like the fish in the background is just still just looks all really cool. But then you, on top of that, there's just like a million super inventive and weird things going on that there's also uh, cool shots of. So I'm trying to pick one from my list. I'm going to go with that shot in the music sequence where all of a sudden there's those cartoon skeletons against yeah. the red background. Yeah. Uh, first, you just see this, the white skeletons with the red background, and then it like puts them in the back of the band that's playing. Just super cool out there, unlike anything else in the movie. I'm also going to throw in, after the Mahong players are killed by the sludge, it's just a still shot of their bodies. Yeah. Um, just their dead bodies uh, totally. submerged in the in the so sludge, dark. and it's it's just like completely still. I think maybe the soundtrack is out on the shot too, and it's just it's it's just a really yeah, it's a sweet shot. Hell yeah, Bracken, what do you got? Final final award. Um, f- for the most beautiful shot, I mean, I probably have to go for the one that I like couldn't stop myself from shouting about how beautiful it was, which is the dream sequence. But there was other ones, and I wish I had written them down, but I remember at, at certain points thinking that there were shots that, like, looked like paintings. Like, they were just, like, very well set up, like, uh, the placement of the, like, Godzilla or whatever, and it was really nice. Um, but I, off the top of my head, I just don't really remember. But the dream sequence was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, it's time to rate this fucker. We rate Godzilla movies on a scale of A to, or S to F. Uh, S being the best, F being the worst. Who's going first? How are we rating this fucker? To the tippy top is S Hell yeah. all the way. I'm with you, S for me. I think I've already said everything. I've um, All my feelings about the uniqueness of this movie. That's something I always look for in art. I love just finding unique things, um, even though sometimes there are things that people really hate. The, the uniqueness can really speak to me, and this is one of those movies, and uh, definitely an S with uh, I'm going to throw in my social security number, too. Um, <laughs> I think it deserves to steal my identity. Or at All least right. reserves the right to steal my identity. Bracken, where are you at? Um, S and or 10 out of 10 dead hippies and or 10 out of 10 cabins in remote Montana wilderness. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Good answer. Sweet. Anybody got anything else or can I, oh wait, Bracken, this is your, this is your chance. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I, I think that no God, so monsters podcast is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. If you say your mom, that'll be like a really funny joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to do nice. that. My mom watched this movie with me. I would never do that. She loved it. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you for listening. This is episode 50. We are so stoked to have spent episode 50 talking oh, about Hedora. Sh- yeah. Appreciate y'all being here with us. You should go to Apple Podcasts and you should give us a rating, preferably a good rating if you think we deserve it, because that really helps other people listen to episode 50 and be stoked on Hedora. Uh, you can yeah. find us on Twitter. And while you're there, you can also uh, pick up um, an Apple iPad or an, or an Apple iPhone. <laughs> uh, maybe some of the, the Apple AirPods. Uh, all right, go on. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod, as long as Twitter's sp- still around. Uh, rest, peace be with Elon Musk. And if you're a sick freak or just a lover of art, you can find pictures of my feet on that podcast, on that Twitter. I mean, that's that the podcast. only reason we have followers anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you can email us. <laughs> that's how us. we got like our last 30 followers. <laughs> it's true. I... Nogodspod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you can try to protect the environment and not be a fucking hippie about it. Also, by the time this comes out, we should have a TikTok that will give you a link to on the twitter account hell yeah we'll put it in the show notes if there's a if there's a link to that fuck yeah and uh bracken you want to turn your camera show people this sick-ass fucking uh hedora poster from poland oh dude sure i also just want to say congratulations to you guys for uh episode 50 and i'm honored that i was able to participate oh fuck yeah that's so so cool what a cool poster wait where'd you get that I bought it online. That's so awesome. I saw some people talking about it and nabbed it. That fucking goes. That's sick. Hell oh, yeah. wait, uh, Bracken, one thing to say to you. I also was roommates with Rabbit. I never let him get COVID. <laughs> I never. <laughs> Rabies? Callie? Bort? What are you doing here? Get out! Get out of my office! Out! 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 Out!